Hey guys, um, this is Cody over at CrossFit Mountain Island, um, and this is going to be uh, physically strong, mentally tough, spiritually sound. This is our second podcast, and today we're going to discuss um, why CrossFit works, what we like about it, and why we're still doing it, um, and some of the lessons we've learned over the past few years. And today I have Noelle joining me. Hi everyone. <laughs> Can you give a quick intro? Yeah. Um, I co-own CrossFit Mountain Island with Cody, um, pretty much manage the fun that goes on in the gym along with, uh, any emails or text messages or just member experience overall, um, along with just being present in the gym, getting to know our members and making sure everybody has a good time uh, with realistic expectations. <laughs> How long have you been with this? Uh, CrossFit Mountain Island, I guess about a year and a half now. Uh, before that, I was at CrossFit Charlotte, uh, which is in Matthews, North Carolina. Uh, and then before that, I was at Lifetime Fitness, actually as a sales manager there for about four years and personal trainer. So, how long have you done CrossFit? Going on three years now with CrossFit. Yeah. And then how long have you been in the fitness industry, just like exercising and working out and being active? <laughs> yeah. I, I guess I would say I started to dabble in it when I started college, um, maybe around 18 or 19. I'm 27 now, so it's been a while. Started in the YouTube phase of trying to learn everything on YouTube. And How'd that go? <laughs> well, at least I knew my way around the gym uh, with the machines yeah. at my college gym at Western Carolina. That's more than most can say. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I, I knew how to use the the leg extension and <laughs> hamstring, curl. <laughs> hamstring curls machines and was all about trying to get swole at that age. Swole means like muscular, <laughs> Jack. Right, yeah, yeah. Muscle hypertrophy. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to be thick, which is still the case. Yeah. But I just, all I knew were just fit Instagram model girls that did like bodybuilding competitions or bikini competitions yeah. or whatever. And like, that was my idea of fitness. That's what most people's perception of fitness is, I think, still. Like, even though we live in this little, like, subcategory of fitness where we actually have a different perspective, I think a lot of people still look at fitness as bodybuilding, which isn't wrong. I mean, I think bodybuilding's great. You know, if that's your, if that's your goal and your priority, there's nothing wrong with it. But I think that um, a lot of people probably have, like, the perspective that that, that is the expectation of exercise. Like, that's the end goal. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what my dad grew up doing so yeah. like that's what i, I mean, saw arnold, him doing arnold started it all right everybody goes out to arnold like bodybuilding yeah that's that's like the epitome of what exercise and fitness is supposed to be that's like the og of fitness yeah for sure <laughs> so, um, interesting but i would say like i would print off programs from the fitness models that i wanted to look like mm -hmm. and how that work out a typical program took about two to two and a half hours each day to complete mm -hmm. um it was a lot of sitting on machines um and a lot of uh isolated 
yep. type exercises, which was fine. I was actually, um, I got pretty strong in like just strict pressing with dumbbells uh, and things like that. But then after doing that five, six days a week, two and a half hours in the gym, I was wasting a lot of time <laughs> and not seeing any of the results that I really wanted. Yep. Uh, I was actually, I injured myself multiple times. <laughs> to this day, they affect me. Um, I, I really regret doing that. Um, so I just didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have any help. Yeah. Just going off of also like the fitness models I was getting programs for had no uh, <laughs> certifications whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> maybe a, maybe a limited experience. Yeah. Just what worked for them may not work for everyone. Exactly. Like I didn't know that going from completely sedentary lifestyle up Which until most I was people do. Like 18. they just go to work, go to school. They don't. They're not active. They're not exercising. They haven't played sports in years. Right. They might not, they might not realize they're sedentary, but if if your daily schedule looks like wake up, you know, get your kids ready for school or get ready for work, drive to work, go to work and sit down in, in a desk all, at a desk all day and just get your job done, sit down at lunch, drive home, you know, maybe go to the bar, hang out with your friends and grab some food, yep. like sit down and watch Netflix or TV or even read or get more work done at home and then like or play video games and then go to bed and repeat that six days a week, like yeah, that is the epitome of sedentary. And imagine, like, going from kindergarten to the end of high school, sitting yeah. at a desk yeah, <laughs> all day. Sure. Then you have homework when you get home mm-hmm. for the rest of the night, sitting. I don't remember playing outside very much. It's not common anymore. No. And then you go to college, and you just do the same thing yeah. over and over. And then you leave college, and you go to a desk job. And it's just, like, Literally. this never-ending cycle of sitting. Yeah. But it's normal, so we don't think about it as, like, necessarily good or bad or... Or as sedentary, because it's just the it's just the average. Yeah, so I just had like constant back pain, neck pain, joint pain, shoulder pain. And then when I started doing like machines, my joints were constantly inflamed and in pain, hmm. just because I was continuing to sit, and then loading those joints with heavier weight than I could actually handle destroying my joints and the cartilage with my joints it's super common because I, I think people don't realize that like muscle tissue and then tendons and ligaments like adapt differently so like a lot of people if you're listening to this now and you have joint pain and maybe you're new to exercising or new to like fitness or crossfit there's something to be said about time under tension and um, if you're new and you're noticing a lot of improvements in like weightlifting or moving dumbbells or barbells and like you're getting stronger because the muscles getting stronger there's a reason your trainers and coaches encourage you to like ease into the weights because your muscles are going to adapt and grow about two to three times faster than your ligaments and tendons will the tissue so that's 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 what can lead to those early overuse injuries overloading injuries um because i think people don't realize that there's a different i I didn't know it until i was like three or four years into being a trainer i didn't learn that honestly i mean Hmm. so it's, it's not abnormal to experience that, I think, when you first get back into the gym, whether you're at a, a CrossFit gym or, like, a, like a regular commercial gym doing your own thing. Um, time. I think people overlook the value of time. It's interesting, too. I completely agree with that because I remember my why at the time was simply aesthetics. Mm-hmm. And Same. there was also something to be said about being a strong woman and being 18, 19. That's my goal today. Yeah. Was to be just, a strong woman. 
<laughs> you said that's your goal? <laughs> um, so with that being said, like I would maybe take a week or two off because of the injury. And then I had to like almost pull that why back again to like remember why I was exercising. And I was just like, okay, aesthetics, <laughs> right? But look good. at the time I was like, a teenager and that made total sense for sure but then i would go to play tennis with my dad and i would be completely out of breath mm. chasing a tennis ball yep. on like my second hit right my heart rate is like the beating roof. out of my chest i had tachycardia yeah um and i literally would like hyperventilate and my dad's like noel you spend two and a half hours yeah. in the gym six <laughs> days a week why can't you be functional? Why are you out of shape? <laughs> Why? He's like, this makes no You're sense like, whatsoever. Yeah. And, you know, I was defensive and I was like, well, I don't play tennis or anything. But I'll meet you on the leg press machine. It, it actually hit me pretty deep. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I thought to myself, man, like, sure, I might be, like, getting skinny, but I'm not a strong woman. Hmm. And that thought process made me realize that I don't care if I'm skinny or look like those models. I just want to be a strong female, like just feel functional. Why is that important? Like, I mean, I'm not saying it's not, but why is it important for you to be a strong female? Cause I can't relate to that, but I'm curious because mm. obviously, obviously I'm sure people that are listening might relate to that, especially women. Like why is it important to you as a 27 year old woman in 2020 to be strong? Um, a couple of reasons. Uh, one being just the protection aspect of being able to protect myself. Um, given in a dangerous situation, mm. I want to be able to get out of a situation functionally and because I have full control over my body um, versus being taken advantage of mm. by somebody that could do me harm. Sure. Um, the second reason would be because it was kind of drilled into me to be an independent woman that can take care of myself. And if I'm weak, physically, mentally, emotionally, then I will become this dependent leech that can't do anything on my own. Hmm. Uh, which just became ingrained as like, not a good thing. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I thought if I got physically strong, then I would be able to conquer any weakness that could be presented. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I think I was similar like growing up as a kid. I mean, I grew up sedentary, didn't play sports, overweight. Um, definitely not like a popular kid, which in retrospect sounds kind of silly but when you're a kid growing up through middle school high school it's important it's a big deal um and then having like just self-image issues and all the things that go along with that like a lack of self-confidence and self-awareness that's you know mostly centered around shame um that's what got me into the gym was realizing that like i was sick of living that quality of life and having that kind of relational experience with people i met so it was all aesthetics for me too like just wanted to lose weight like be i admired the men that were strong and athletic and physically fit 
and then also the connotations that went along with that. Right. So that's definitely what drove me to start working out, going to like a, a normal gym setting where you're in like a, a commercial gym by yourself, headphones in, like going spending an hour and a half to three hours just hitting dumbbell machine, you know, the dumbbell way, the dumbbells, the barbells, like Smith machines, all the isolated machines, and just work on like hypertrophy and getting muscles and stronger. Mm-hmm. I'm losing fat, which I think is valuable. I think I'm that I'm grateful I started there because I think it gave me a good base going into CrossFit. But that was all driven from an insecurity mm. that honestly was mostly reinforced from my experience with my peers at a young age. And I think that most people probably have a similar story. Like, either they they grow up being fit and athletic, and they just it's normal, like it's their quality of life and their, and their lifestyle. Or people grow up, you know, getting bullied, being overweight, yeah. feeling like an outcast, and they either dig deeper into that hole and live there and just become introverted, mm. or they use that as a catalyst to like become fit or become healthy or whatever you just said become you know not the fat kid anymore I think most people probably have some kind of experience like that nowadays because it's pretty commonplace in our society but this podcast isn't about that you know commercial gym experience I mean I think it starts there but what got you into CrossFit and hmm. why do you still do CrossFit now that you're almost three years in? Like, what's kept you from going back to maybe your your prior fitness experiences? <laughs> um, it's I actually don't have a simple answer, hmm. but I do have kind of how it evolved. Yeah. Um, it kind of goes back to I want to expand on the what you said earlier about having your headphones in and your head down yeah. and the gym. I noticed that after a few years of doing that, I started to actually not like who I was becoming as a person because I would go into the gym, head down, headphones in, uh, don't lock eye contact, like don't make eye contact with anybody, and then um, it, it created this like jaded, I hate to say it, but I was like jaded, better than everybody mentality. And I was like, that's not the idea of good character or humility. And I'm just in this kind of fitness scene of aesthetics and people like posing in mirrors. I don't know. I just... Kind of started to disgust me uh, with being around that so much, and then thinking that I needed to be like that. And then I think I told somebody one time that I wanted to compete in bodybuilding, and they told me that I, like, just with my build, that I would never be able to do that hmm. unless I uh, used performance-enhancing drugs. And when they told me that I wouldn't even be able to, like, walk on the stage with other people without cheating. Yeah. 
that kind of flipped a switch for me. Yeah, like moved on. Yeah, and I was just like, you know what? Maybe standing on a stage in my bikini with everybody judging me isn't the end goal. Isn't really what I want in life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I remember watching the CrossFit Games on TV. It just happened to be on TV one day in my my parents' house. And I was just like blown away, just like starstruck by these women that were climbing ropes and heaving themselves up on bars so athletically (laughs) with gorgeous muscle definition. And they still looked feminine. And I was like, that is real strength. Hashtag goals. Hashtag thick. Yeah, two C's. So then I was just like, you know what? I have a friend that I worked with, uh, Lindsay Stroker, who had, she did CrossFit, had the body that I wanted. I was just, her thighs were so big and so (laughs) nice. And I was just like, I want legs like Lindsay. (laughs) Hashtag legs like Lindsay. There you go. And I kind of just asked her like how she trained, what that looked like. And she's like, no, I just, I just do CrossFit. Um, and I was just like, okay, CrossFit it is. Yeah, there you go. Um, but I was outrageously intimidated. Yeah. I like... Me too. Uh, <laughs> it was like this CrossFit thing. All I knew was the CrossFit Games and these beautiful big Amazonian women. Yeah. And I was like, well... Of course, everyone's like that. I mean... Either I'm going to have to take perfor- performance-enhancing <laughs> drugs to stand on a stage and show off my muscles... Yeah. Or I'm going to have to be, like, an Amazonian woman to do CrossFit. Yeah. Either way, I didn't fit either category yeah. in my mind. Sure. And so I just kind of wrote it off. And mm. then Lindsay introduced me to Cody uh, three years ago. Yeah. And Cody was, at the time, going to regionals on a team um, with, with... With Lindsay. With Lindsay two other guys and two other girls it was a team of six and so i was i remember her showing me a picture of cody and i was just like yeah that guy's never gonna go for me he's like got muscles on muscles on muscles and uh i was like super intimidated by him too but uh we ended up meeting and he was like super nice and compassionate and empathetic and i was just like okay (laughs) this guy's kind of (laughs) cool And then he actually brought me to a training session at South Charlotte CrossFit. I remember that. <laughs> with the team. And yeah. I was following some, like, back squat program called Hatch. And, uh, you were, like, off to the side at South Charlotte. Doing I went thing. off to the yeah. side and squatted. Didn't talk to any of it. It was so awkward. Like, I was doing, so I remember you doing, nervous. I bet. But I remember you doing, like, lunges and, like, squats <laughs> on the back half of the gym. And, like, the rest of us were, like, training for regionals. And we were just like, like yeah, that's Noel. I mean... I don't know. She's yeah. Noelle doesn't do CrossFit. Noelle doesn't. And she's not gonna talk to us, I guess. <laughs> I didn't know any of the movements they yeah, were doing. No. In retrospect, it makes sense that you're uncomfortable because I remember when I first walked into a CrossFit gym, I was just like, I'd been yeah. training for years, and I was like, relatively strong and like <laughs> relatively like fit by my definition. But I remember walking into the CrossFit gym, and I was like, oh man, these dudes are jacked, and they're doing things I can't even even like conceptualize how to do with barbells. It's intimidating, like. So I, I think back to like all the people that come into our gym mm-hmm. and like I can relate to that level of like anxiety because I remember walking into the gym like my first time at a CrossFit gym and it was like a warehouse with bay doors and like 
the bader was rolled up and it was kind of dark outside it was in the, it was evening and kind of like around dusk and there was this dude just super jacked like doing something with a barbell that i couldn't do <laughs> <laughs> the yep. shirt off and i was like damn this is like next level fitness yeah. i can't do this but i was already in the gym like two hours a day you know like it was just, right so well, yeah it's, that so it's a reality check yeah, right you sure. go from sitting in a gym for two out two and a half hours thinking that you are like the king yep. of the gym and you go into a crossfit gym where we've got like actual athletes actual athletes so yeah. you took the words right out of my mouth yeah. and then i see the three girls on his regionals team who look exactly like the crossfit games athletes and i'm like yeah i want to look like that <laughs> but they're lifting like crazy weight and doing crazy things with their body like without anything like walking on their hands and stuff and I was just like and they were so sweet too they were just like Noelle why don't you do this one workout with us and I was just like whoa what are y'all doing and they're like oh we're gonna do like thrusters and pull-ups and wall balls and I was just like First of all, I don't know what that the is. Fuck the thruster. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Can't do pull-ups. <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna do my squats. Yeah, thanks though. <laughs> and I remember though, after that experience, like, I wasn't put off. I was actually uh, more motivated. Yeah. I was inspired actually. And then later that week, um, and I was like, well, the only way I'm gonna stay or having a chance with Cody. <laughs> is if I learned this sport. Let's cross it. Then. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I'm just like, it's just not going to work. Or worlds not, aren't going to work. battle, yeah. Um, and it was so sweet. I remember, like, a week later, Cody came to Lifetime and, like, did a bodybuilding workout with me oh, or whatever. Yeah. We did some stability stuff. I was still stuff. doing cross this stuff in the middle of the gym, like handstand walking and <laughs> farmer carries. But you were so, like, you really made an effort to, like, do my thing. Sure, yeah. And I was just like, it had, no. a, it, it had been a long time since I'd done like a commercial gym bodybuilding style. God, <laughs> it was so boring. Yeah. Oh my God. It was awful. Like, I think I, I think I went over to the CrossFit section and started doing like back squats. Yeah. Because, and then like, we were doing like single leg deadlifts with a cable yeah. that required a lot of balance. And you were just like, I haven't done these in a while. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember doing those. I believe you. I don't remember doing it though. I remember squatting in the like the weightlifting, but maybe that was like a, a, a different time I came. I might be getting it mixed up. Hmm. You you came a few times. Yeah. But um. But anyway, I think I ended up asking Lindsay because there was this new Alpha program at Lifetime that was like similar to CrossFit, um, but the programming was different. It was only three times a week, and um, I told Lindsay I was like, I want to do this CrossFit thing. I want you to teach me what you know. Sure. And uh, I even like went to regionals and like watched them compete and everything. It was so inspired, and was just like, you know what? Like, I want to give this a shot. Um, and it wasn't very intimidating because we just started with like a PVC pipe and an empty barbell, and we learned things very slowly. And then it was, it was actually like I was like, oh, this is kind of doable. Yeah, it's not bad. However, going into the, the first year of CrossFit, <laughs> because I wanted so badly to be the strong female that I saw on Cody's team, I was like 100% bought in. Mm-hmm. So much so that I like literally in the sense of bought in 
I wanted to buy every piece of gear oh, yeah. that <laughs> was related to CrossFit. There's two kinds of CrossFitters. Like CrossFitters that <laughs> like use, two months that in. use running shoes for six years and CrossFitters that have knee sleeves, weightlifting belts, yes. wrist wraps. Yes, all of it. I bought all of it. A jump rope uh-huh. in a month. <laughs> yes. I got it all within Looking like two or three months. for every little 1% increase of their <laughs> performance. Because it just looked cool. <clears throat> well, it's like everyone that does CrossFit knows that that person that like goes into their workout with wrist wraps, a headband, knee sleeves, a weightlifting belt, weightlifting shoes, and a custom jump rope. And it's like, bro, we're doing push-ups and Cindy. But why do you have a two pood belt on (laughs) and a weight vest? Like I had all of that. Yeah, for sure. So did I, I did too. Because when you're, it's funny how it evolves. It's like my, I think my my first two years I had, I had all that stuff my first two years. And like, I haven't worn weightlifting shoes wrist wraps or knee sleeves in literally four years i think there's still a time and a place for this i don't think there's i'm gonna say there's not <laughs> it's just like i think everyone's a little bit different and i think that everyone's perspective is a little bit different but i would say that they're definitely not as essential as maybe we yeah. all think they are yeah. when we first start well coming from you like enough said <laughs> yeah if you don't need it then nobody needs it like stop it but um when I bought my belt, I kid you not, Lindsay looked at me and she was like, you're not allowed to touch that belt for three years. Hmm. That's a good rule. And I was like, but I just bought it. It's not, you use a belt. And she was like, I've been doing CrossFit for, I don't know how many yeah. years she had said, like six, seven, eight years. Well, she's, been, she's been like weightlifting for so long. Oh yeah. So she was like, just built like an ox. Right. Yeah. And I'm just like over here. It's like you have to earn. never used my core in my yeah. life, especially yeah. sitting on machines at a right. globo gym. Right. So my core is like non-existent. non-existent yeah. <laughs> it's like you have to earn, you have to earn the right to wear a belt by like training years and experience. Yeah. And time under the bar, like. Yeah. I mean, there there literally should like you should spend so much time under a barbell and weights that getting your core strong that mm-hmm. for you to get a one percent increase you have to put a belt on to have added stability. If you're using a belt like all the time, I mean. Mm-hmm. It's just masking a weakness that's going to eventually lead to, like, a shortcoming. But it wasn't until I came to CrossFit Mountain Island um, that, you know, I still have my belt that I bought. Yeah, I used mine for originally. heavy lifts. Like, it's not, there's nothing wrong with it. And I never used it, right? I was like, okay, well, if, if Lindsay says I'm not allowed to, she's the expert yeah, because she's, she's look at fit. her. Yeah, I was like, fit. she's got abs, so she's telling me I don't need a belt, then I'm not using a belt. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a believer. I didn't use a belt for mm, two years, a year yeah. and a half. And I was like, all right, I'm going to build my core then. Sure. And then I came to CrossFit Mountain Island. I think we were doing like multiple reps at like 85 or 90% of yeah. like a back squat or something. Sure. And I'm yeah, over here struggling. <laughs> I'm over here struggling, right? And Nikki Sellers comes over to me and she's like, Noah, you know you can use a belt, right? And I was like, I thought I wasn't allowed to. <laughs> When I get a 90% for reps, I'm putting a belt on. <laughs> but it's because, but I, I, like, there's a certain point when, like, a belt is what lets you get to the heavier loads. Like, for most people, when they first start, it's not the fact that, like, they need the extra core stability. It's the fact that, like, they've not yet developed strength and positions. And that's why it's so hard, because they haven't developed, like, adaptation to the movement. So they need to get... They just need time to adapt to it. Right. And after a certain point, you've adapted and your movement patterns are good. And then maybe you, you can layer a belt into the mix. Mm-hmm. 
but it's not always appropriate if you're if like if the, if your movement pattern is the lowest hanging fruit that needs to be fixed like wearing a belt is just gonna let you get around that absolutely that's that's kind of how nikki explained it to me yeah. she was like noelle like you have a really good squat and really great uh like thoracic mobility and staying upright thoracic is like your mid-back right upper back yeah. um keeping your chest nice and tall so you're not falling over or you're not uh like forward forward in your squat and so she was like now if you had a belt on and you were leaning forward or your back was rounding or you were losing right. stability she was like that's different you have no reason to wear a belt. no reason to wear your belt she, like you need to fix that that flaw or that exactly lack but of strength. if you have good form good control and the only thing that's limiting you from getting that weight up is just the compression of your abs against something mm -hmm. Then you need to wear yeah, a belt. And wear a belt. So that way you can, you can have the adaptation of overloading your, your body. So she was weight. saying that having the belt on um, gives your gives your uh, core something to push against mm -hmm. as you come out of the bottom of, of the squat. Which helps you maintain that like intra-abdominal pressure. Exactly. But I never spine. lost control of my spine. Yeah. Never lost control of the barbell on my back. Uh it was controlled the entire time. The only thing it gave me was a leg up in terms of breathing. It was breathing and it's like being able to like keep that intra-abdominal pressure. But then also like the more you can maintain that pressure in your abdomen, the more you can like exert power through the movement and yes. then display that power with like heavier lifts and like higher strength adaptation. But it's like a means to an end. Whereas it's easy to use it as a band-aid. To fix a, a deeper problem. Right. Or because it looks cool. Or it looks cool. <laughs> so why, so I've got, I've got a couple points I want to touch on, like with why CrossFit works. Mm. I mean, both for people that are members and maybe are new to CrossFit, maybe like six months to a year, they're, they're, they're loving it. They're having a good time, but they're still hungry to learn about it. Maybe like they, they'd like some insight into people that have been doing it for, for a little bit longer. <clears throat> and then if there's a listener that maybe, um, is unsure of CrossFit and they're kind of like maybe thinking about trying it, but they're not sold on mm. how it's more valuable or more productive than maybe their current fitness program. So f number one would be like, why do you, like how has CrossFit impacted your consistency with fitness? Consistency. Consistency or accountability, we can call it. <laughs> yeah. I would say because there's so many levels of CrossFit, you've got you know, weightlifting, gymnastics, um, metabolic conditioning, metabolic conditioning. There's so many levels, sport being the top. Um, there's always something to get better at. Always. And it's, there's always something that you royally suck at. Yeah. And there are things that you're pretty decent at. Sure. And there's things that you're a rock star at. Yep. And with the idea of consistency it if you want to get better if you want to be stronger if you want to be able to be functional and play tennis without your heart coming out of your chest what is what do you, how do you define functional because that's such a absolutely commonplace yeah. word now that it's everywhere in the fitness space like functional fitness is everything so i'll give you a couple examples yeah so Cody and I do a lot of yard work. Yeah, we do. A lot of projects. So much yard to manage. <laughs> we build a fence. We build a fire pit. We built uh, 
like a patio uh so much i can't even name it carrying heavy rocks to block our fence from our husky getting out <laughs> he's such a dick <laughs> but like carrying in groceries i only take two aldi bags with me to go grocery shopping to fit all of my groceries yeah and I make it my mission to carry those two grocery bags <laughs> with everything in it from my car. <laughs> we eat a lot of food. We eat a lot of food. That's like multiple pounds. So Lots I need pounds. to be able to pull the bags out of my car, one having bicep strength, back strength, core strength, just to lift it. Sure. Uh, without needing the baggy boy at Harris Cedar to help help me bring my groceries to my car. Right. No, I got it, bro. Um, but... I'm to probably be, stronger than you, fam. To be able to farmers carry yeah. the two bags from my car to the kitchen counter, which is really tall and takes a lot of strength to get. But you have to lift it up because it's definitely above waist height. Yes. So you have to like get the weight up there. There are a few times where I'm like, I could totally like tweak my back right now. Oh yeah, like just or, pop, or bicep head pops. Pull something out of the socket or I've, just like wreck oh, yeah. myself. I thought about it. But, but then I'm like, if you didn't work out, if I didn't work out, absolutely. But doing CrossFit. I pull the bags out. I know proper form. I have to be intentional about it because if you're not intentional, even if you do CrossFit, you are going to hurt That's yourself. That's when you get hurt is when you're not aware and intentional with like yeah, subconscious or like moderately weighted things. Doing CrossFit is not an excuse to have poor movement yeah. in functional things. You still have to think about proper form when you're hinging to pick something off the floor. Yeah. Uh, you can't be lazy with it, not engage your core. You still have to like think about it. Um... All right, this is a soapbox. Let's get back to the Okay. <laughs> okay. So, why, how has CrossFit made you more consistent with your fitness and health? I know that showing up. Um, why do you show up? To be challenged. Okay. Why, do you, why else do you show up? Like, what makes you want to show up? Um, well, first of all, because I enjoy seeing my friends. That's, yeah, that's how I was getting at. <laughs> yeah, friends, people that know your name and, like, smile when they see you. I love getting coached. People over people underplay that so much. Like people don't realize that like friends going into a place that's like not work or home where people know who you are, know your name, mm, yeah. smile when they see you, use your first name and actually care if you show up. Like that is literally so undervalued in society now. Cuz if you think about it, where do you go and what do you experience in life where someone actually gives a shit if you show up? And not just that, but like the level of support that you get from people of all walks of life yeah. in the same class as you with different goals, doing the same workout, but they're on their own journey, but we all support each other yeah. and we can help each other with each other's journeys. Um, I usually, I regularly go to the 12 o'clock class uh, and we have... Some young people, some older people. We've got people that have never worked out in their lives before that are doing this thing, fearless, and others that are like pretty advanced. Yep. You know, there's always somebody to talk to that are in a different place in life. Um, and there's something to learn from that too. There's something to learn with them always. So friends, uh, getting coached. Um, so I know that no matter who is coaching, I'm going to walk in and if I'm struggling and not even know it, like my form I, in my head could be perfect, but from an outsider's perspective, looking at me, they actually can give me advice 
on how to become better at the movement, be safer, yep. have better form, yep. be more efficient, yep. um, have better strategy. These are all things that we can't figure out on our own that a professional can actually help us with. Um, so getting coached is something that I look for at any CrossFit gym. Um, if there's no coaching, I won't even consider it. And how do you define coaching? Because I think there's like a, a misconception about what coaching is hmm. because of a lack of expectations and standards in a lot of affiliates. Because coaching is not someone that is present during your class who verbally explains the workout and then manages a clock or a timer. Right. That's not a coach. That's someone that is accommodating an hour of your day, right? Right. So how is that different than what you perceive a coach to be? Yeah. So a coach to me can point out a specific fault. and A fault being something you're doing wrong. Yes. So... A lot of people don't really know their bodies very well and how it's supposed to move and the shapes that it's supposed to make to be safe. Um, and we're going to have strengths and weaknesses in different parts of our body, right? Yep. But a good coach can identify those weaknesses and then give you helpful cues to fix it. Um, so especially with the more complicated lifts, um, but like a simple lift like the deadlift, right? I struggle with um, vertical shins and activating my core in mm -hmm. the deadlift. A coach will come over and give me one thing to work on, and that's all I need to worry about. Yep. Right? They don't come over to me and give me 10 different things that I'm doing wrong and then fix all of them at no <laughs> one time all right, before, good luck. The, before the wad starts. Have fun. It's like, no, okay. Like, You're a train wreck. I'm going to walk over here now. <laughs> this is the one thing I want you to focus on. Then I work on it. Yep. And then during the workout, they come back and they remember that fault that yeah. they corrected me on. And they say either like, Noel, remember, you know, keep your core tight or whatever. Um, and they give me that constant just reminder, like focus, yeah. pay attention. It's, be it's like accountability. Like they're making sure you're doing what they say. And it's like, right. if you're here to get better, get fitter, get stronger, get healthier, that can't happen if you get hurt. And if you get hurt, you take steps back. So right. they're holding you accountable to improve your technique and your form and your movement so that long-term you can be consistent. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I would say like the biggest reasons that CrossFit works so well is um, in, in the sense of consistency is that it's it's an opportunity to like to meet new people and to, to become part of a you know a community and a culture that knows your name and knows who you are and knows what your goals are and, and like it looks forward to seeing you and you have friends that you look forward to seeing I mean it, it's an opportunity to like go hang out with adults with a focus on health and wellness I mean if you take a step back and think about it I mean as adults once you got to college even in college I mean really the only time you're with other people your age and your peers is if you're at work or if you're out in public and society like doing adult things and in general most adults get together to eat to drink mm. 
and to party. I mean, like, in reality, like, that's... That's true. I mean, like, what else is there? Why else would you go, like, would you hang out with other adults that are not part of your immediate family? I mean, it's to get food. And if you're getting food in, like, in a social <laughs> setting, it's probably, like, not healthy food. Yeah. Or you're going out to party and drink and, like, watch a game and be social, which isn't a bad thing. But, I mean, if, if the habits centered around the social setting are moving you towards unhealthy as opposed to healthy, that's all you do. It's easy to see how that could be a slippery slope into being like an unhealthy American society, right? Because in mm. re- like really, like unless you're going to work or hanging out with your friends to go drink and eat, like what are you doing? You're, you're probably at home or with your family. I mean, so introducing this opportunity for adult interaction, adult socialization, being like making friends as an adult, being around peers and people your age that have similar interests, but those interests are focused on being a better person having better self-awareness, like being fit, being strong, being healthy, being independent. Being a kid again. And having fun, like <laughs> laughing and joking around and like talking like talking shit with your buddies and like having fun like in the gym for an hour. It's an hour to reset, but it's an hour to, to refocus on the best version of yourself when, when most social settings move us more in the direction of like unhealthy, unfit. And just in reality. And, like, fitness is, is relative. Like, people could see fitness as, like, a waste of time. But if you look at fitness in the sense of health and wellness and longevity, I mean, it's nothing to shake your head at if it's going to control what the last third of your life looks like. So there's weight there. Um, I mean, another reason CrossFit works is variability. So, like, variety. I mean, things you do. So, like you said, like you kind of, like, alluded to earlier, sport is the top of the tier or the pyramid which is a small percentage, you know, sports, not that big a deal. Sport could be baseball, football, CrossFit games, you know, competing in gymnastics, competing in weightlifting. It's not every day, right? Secondary to that, um, well, from the top down, well, that's confusing. Let's give me the base. The base of CrossFit teaches nutrition, which most gyms overlook. Nutrition's the base. After that comes metabolic conditioning. So like Metcons, cardio, breathing hard, getting your heart rate up. After that, it comes gymnastics, so control of your body weight and space. That can be pull-ups, push-ups, air squats, planks. Um, you could probably like argue running is in there, like just knowing how your body moves. After that's weightlifting, so like doing things with barbells and dumbbells and kettlebells and plates, like moving odd objects and moving weights that are external loads to your body. Um, after weightlifting uh, is sport, right? So nutrition, metcons, gymnastics, weightlifting sports. Um, I mean, a big problem with most CrossFit gyms is that they skip, they, they overlook nutrition and they put too much energy into weightlifting. And that's mm. what's given CrossFit a bad rep, I think, is that all these gyms put too much weight into weightlifting because it's cool and it's sexy and they, they don't put enough energy into gymnastics and metabolic conditioning, which comes before weightlifting, right? But that's a whole other podcast. Um, but what's cool about CrossFit is the variety, right? So like having variability and people might have a perception that variability means like confusing your muscles, which is, I mean, your muscles are, don't have a subconscious, so you're not going to confuse your muscles, <laughs> right? But just doing a variety of exercises and different planes of movement with different loads is good for you because, because life throws unexpected challenges our way, right? So like if we have to move, say we have to move um, gravel, into our yard 
and we have to load a wheelbarrow with all these rocks that maybe, I mean, maybe wheelbarrow weighs, weighs between like 100 to 200 pounds, and we have to move that downhill, you know, past a fence, down to like a certain part of the yard. And there's all these like changes of direction and this object that moves around a lot. It's going to challenge our midline and our back and our core in a lot of ways. And if we're not exposed to that stress, our body is not going to handle it, right? The same can be said for like, you know, moving furniture or moving a grill out of the back of your truck onto your porch. I mean, there's all, you know, moving groceries, picking up your dog, picking up your kids. Like there's all the, I mean, putting luggage into an overhead bin. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> could be argued as like a is something that's like we're not we're not adapted to anymore mm. because in reality most people go through life with their shoulders hunched forward driving a car sitting at a desk on a computer on their phones they're i mean if you take a second and pause the podcast and think back to the if, if you don't do a crossfit and think about the last time you put your arms over your head like you're probably going to be shocked at the last time because you can't remember because really, like the only time is if you had to put gro- if you if you had to put like um, dishes away in the cupboards, you know, it's just nothing that you have. You, you don't have to do it, like unless you're doing like a lot of work in your yard or on your house. But what's cool about the variety is like, I mean, yeah, we're not trying to confuse your muscles because your muscles don't have a conscious. You're not going to confuse them. But what we are trying to do is provide stresses to your body that yield adaptations, and that's what I think a lot of people that exercise don't understand is that um, everything that is derived from exercise is centered around adaptation. So your body adapts to the stresses it's provided. If your body goes through a life that doesn't have any physical stress, there are no adaptations. The adaptation is a gain of body fat and a lack of cardiovascular fitness because you're not giving it a reason to maintain that capacity, right? which could be strength or like, you know, heart, heart wellness. Whereas like when you start introducing an exercise program that constantly challenges your body with different ranges of motion, different movements, you know, functional movements that are going to, by functional movements, things that you're going to do in everyday life, like a squat, you know, carries over to like sitting on the toilet, getting out of your car, getting out of bed, like, you know, doing sit-ups, applies you like sitting up in bed to get out of bed you know step ups like walking stairs um, overhead presses like you know putting luggage and overhead bin in on an airplane or throwing your kid up up over your head I mean those are all functional exercises that have functional application outside of life what the problem is most people they don't they don't provide that stress to their body so they don't they don't they, they lose that adaptation or that strength and then when they go to do that normal day-to-day life thing, they get hurt. And then suddenly, like, it's a downward spiral, right? So what's cool about CrossFit is, and the variety of CrossFit is that we intentionally prescribe workouts and exercises that are meant to replicate movements in your day-to-day life so that when those obstacles are presented to you, your body is prepared for them a lot more than if you never move through those ranges of motion, right? Um, so for me, like what's kept me engaged the CrossFit for seven years is the variety. I mean, I've been doing it for seven years, five to six days a week on average, and I've had tremendous progress from that. I mean, from losing 
you know, 70 pounds to gaining 25 to 30 pounds of muscle to being capable of literally anything. That dude just backed his truck up into his wife's SUV. Damn, no I heard way. his trailer hitch hit her car. Yeah, he's going to be in so much trouble. Oh, that's a bummer. Um, but, like, to, to being able to literally go out and do anything I want, if it's, like, building a fire pit, you know, if it's cutting down a tree. I mean, I literally was able to, like, cut a tree in half, carry it up a hill to my truck with a buddy of mine, move that tree into my backyard, and then build a bench with it, like, a fucking tree. Like, and it wasn't even, a, it wasn't even like, a, it wasn't a question. A real tree. Like, literally a 10-foot tree. Like, and it wasn't even, like, a thing, you know? And, like, and then the railroad ties. And then, yeah, and then having and then having friends that I work out with, like, in call, that are going to come over and help me move 150-pound railroad ties down, like, I would say probably, like, a 30-degree slope in a backyard. Yeah. You know, across, like, a half-acre lot. Shout out to Dave and Sarah. And Michael Kane. Michael Kane for helping us. But, like, it's just, like... You don't want, you don't, most people don't realize what they're missing in their life until they experience it for one or until like the capacity is taken away from them because of an injury. And at the end of the day, mm-hmm. most people are, I mean, not most, everyone is mm-hmm. casting a vote in one of two directions, right? Like you're voting for the unhealthy you or you're voting for the healthy you and every decision you make casts a vote in one of those you know those piles um, and I think that most people have been going through life casting unhealthy votes maybe even unintentionally and what's cool about CrossFit is that it gives you the awareness and it gives you the tools and the means to start making a decision to make healthy votes for yourself it's a healthy form of discipline dude he's looking at he's looking at his wife's car really? right now <laughs> yeah oh no that's a bummer yeah Healthy form of discipline and a world of entitlement. Entitlement and... Thinking that you deserve... Yeah, and it's just like... Food or something. (laughs) It's like entitlement and it's also just like a world of... I don't know. I mean, like, it's a world and a society that you don't really have to do anything that you don't want to do. Like, if it makes you uncomfortable, it's almost perceived as bad. So, I think the paradigm shift has to like because for mo- I mean I mean I remember when I was overweight, like I looked at exercising and dieting as punishment. Like it mm. was like I I had to diet as a punishment to myself for mm. being fat, and I had to exercise as a punishment to myself for the things I I chose to consume. And I think most people probably still have that perspective. Yeah, probably. But in reality, when you change up that story in your head, and, and the story becomes like, I'm exercising because I enjoy it. Or I'm exercising because I'm a healthy person and healthy people exercise. Or I'm exercising so that I can continue to cast votes for the healthy, like the healthy me. I mean, in 10 years, you're going to be at either point A or point B. Mm, Yep. You know, like that time's going to pass regardless. You're going to be somewhere regardless. You're either going to be in a position where you are capable and independent and fit and you can take care of yourself and you're healthy and not on medication or you're going to be in a position that most of our clients come to us in which is 30 to 45 percent body fat you know 60 to 100 pounds of overweight and their doctor is prescribing them statins and metformin for their type 2 diabetes 
and preventative medication for their heart disease. And they realized, oh shit, I've been sleeping on my health for the past 10 to 20 years. And now I have a real sense of my mortality and the lack of control I have in that game. So to set realistic expectations as well, to 10 to 20 years right. of that lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. Do not expect three months to get your life back in three months. Like I, though I did bodybuilding sitting on my ass on a bench and never using my core for four or five years, it took two years of CrossFit to even build a foundation to where I can now my third year actually do what I've always wanted to do which is RX workouts or be like those girls that I admired three what years. What does RX mean? RX means like to do workouts as they're prescribed, as in like the workout on the whiteboard and the coach has made the workout up and now you can do it as the coach decided without having to modify or scale the movements or the weight down to something lighter or less demanding. So to RX is kind of like, a, not a rite of passage, but it's like a goal of a lot of CrossFitters to be able to, because it, it, what, it, what it implies is that they're capable of doing things. So it takes mental toughness, patience, trusting in the process, knowing that, you know, it takes discipline and habits to get to where you finally want to be, but you have to show up. You cannot give up. You cannot look for alternatives if it's two to six months and you still haven't reached your goals. Like, just be consistent. I cannot preach that enough. You have to trust the process because, I mean, at the end of the day, if you've been a certain way for three years, five years, ten years, thirty years, you it's. I think it's valuable to acknowledge that it takes time to pursue your goals. Because if, if your goal could be accomplished in a couple months or four months or six months or even a year, but meanwhile you've been digging a hole for yourself for over a decade or five years, if you accomplish that goal in six months, your goal was too low to begin with, mm. right? So I think just under, and I mean, on, an, on another note, understanding that like you're in a position where you can learn from people with experience, which has a lot of value. I don't think people have that perspective. I mean, if you're in a position where like, for, I mean, for one, if you're, if you have people in your life that have accomplished what you want to accomplish and they've gone from point A to point B and they're at point B now, and you're still between A and B, maybe put more weight into what the people that are at point B are saying to you. And that yeah. could be in CrossFit, it could be in your professional life, it could be in your family life, it could be, anywhere i mean like i still look to men who are at point b and other aspects of their life and i look to them for guidance and mentorship and i, and I trust what they say because i think yeah. that if they're in my life and i've chosen to give them weight in my life there's a reason i've trusted them so it doesn't make sense for me to give them authority because of where they're at but not take what they say as truth or at least some kind of truth like i, I need to give that i think we should all give people that we look up to and admire to some degree like credibility right absolutely but to, to, to downplay or to not put weight into the advice from people who have accomplished what you want to accomplish is a risky game because I think that there's a lot of um, opportunity to grow 
by listening to people or at least taking into consideration the advice from someone that's been in your shoes and has gotten to where you want to go. So, for example, like if someone has more experience than you in a situation or a an area of life and they try to give you advice to not take that advice or at least consider it and just be quiet and sit in it and listen for a little bit. I think that that's an, that's a missed opportunity. And I, I see it a lot where people um, that are novices, it's the novices curse, right? Where people that are novices think they know best and think that they need to move on and fly through this process when in reality, I mean, most of the progress comes from the process. We've all been there. Like oh, yeah, my dude. first year, I was like, "What squat program can I be on to, to get, squat three hundred pounds to get bigger, to get heavier?" <laughs> and like, what happened with every twelve week program is I went up maybe two to five pounds. Really? Yeah. It did not help. Like, just I and then I learned. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just gonna trust the process and stop trying so hard. <laughs> well, I trust the process, and it's also just like I saw something like on Squat University earlier before we even started this podcast. It was like. No one wants to accept the fact because it's not sexy, but there's there's a lot to be said for just like if you want to be strong, you just have to lift weights consistently for like ten years. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, because really, like, no, like, why do you think you deserve to get stronger faster than that? That makes sense because it's almost been ten years for me. Yeah, the same. <laughs> like I've literally, like, I've been wow. Lift, I've been exercising and lifting weights for almost ten years. Yeah. Like I started when I was when I was um, 17, and I'm 26 now, almost 27, and like I'm at a point now where my life where like I I would I mean I, I'm not concerned I know I am like I'm pretty elite like I was I, I went to regionals so like I was out of out of almost 9,000 men in our local region like I was the eighth fittest on CrossFit's games so like I like it's just objective like I I, I am fit right but like strength wise like it took five to seven years to consist like to consistently be able to like at, at, so like if, if I weigh 200 pounds I can pretty consistently back squat over 500 deadlift over 500 strict press around my body weight which is 200 like clean over 300 like snatch over 260 I mean those are all like benchmarks I think most people would look at but but the the caveat is I can also any day of the week go out and run a sub six minute mile and do 60 pull-ups in a row right like that's but that's taken 10 years Mm -hmm. and I think most people expect to be there in like 10 months if somebody would have told me though that it would take 10 years I'd be like yeah I would have been so discouraged yeah it's it's (laughs) discouraging but it's also like that 10 years is gonna pass either way it's true like time is gonna pass and that's why I haven't given up why would you give up? Like giving up is right. not going to get you closer. Exactly. Like if you give up, I mean, like if you, th- I mean, in reality, giving up is not going to move your needle closer to your goals. And I see forty-year-olds that look like twenty-year-olds. Yeah. And I'm just like goals. Yeah. If that's what if they're doing CrossFit, yeah. I'm going to do this for the rest of my life because she looks great. <laughs> it, you know, if, I mean, if it, if it looks like it works, it sounds like it works, and everyone tells you it works, like it probably works. Alright guys, this has been um, Physically Strong, Mentally Tough, Spiritually Sound with uh, Cross at Mountain Island. We'll catch you next time. Alright, bye-bye.